the court. My name is Vadim Glasman, and along with Matthew Kralovic, we represent Hightao Zhang. This case presents an issue that both the Supreme Court and the circuit have yet to address. Um, it's an issue that affects not only those who may find themselves as targets of criminal investigations or having actually committed a crime, but it's an issue that all individuals in this country that at one point or another may decide to travel internationally are impacted by. There's no dispute here that warrantless border searches are permissible when they relate to the physical the search of physical objects and merchandise, physical goods and merchandise. The main issue in this case is whether the border search exception to the Fourth Amendment extends to forensic searches of digital devices, the most invasive and intrusive kind of search that reveals... I'm having trouble hearing you because you're looking down. Counsel, you can raise that uh, podium there with the button to your right. I apologize, Your Honors. The forensic digital searches are the most invasive and intrusive kinds of searches that reveal the most intimate details of a person's life. And that's because digital devices contain more private information about a person's life than they have ever before. These most intimate details about our lives can be financial records, confidential business documents, medical records, private emails, everything. They're pretty much micro-universes of our entire worlds. And in this case, Dr. Zhang's laptop and hard drives were seized at O'Hare Airport and were digitally imaged without a warrant. Now, with the seismic shift in digital technology, the invasive digital imaging search of them are so much more intrusive than anything that could be done of a physical object, which was what border searches are traditionally of. And here, it doesn't matter if it's at a border or not a border, the privacy interest in these digital devices is extremely great, and that's yeah, been we, recognized. We've read what everybody says about how awful this is. Um, well, Counsel, what do you make of the, the language from uh, Flores, Montana, that the government's interest in preventing the entry of unwanted persons and effects is at its zenith at the international border, that, that there is a, a, a high interest of the government um, that perhaps should be taken into account in the heightened uh, interest of privacy that a uh, potential search person has in, in, in their possessions. And that's what Riley speaks to. It does take into account, but it has to be weighed against these privacy interests and whether a person's privacy interest in these digital devices and what's contained on there outweighs or is outweighed by the government's interest in a categorical exemption of a warrant requirement at the border. And since Riley, there's been two courts that have talked about this in the Ninth Circuit, United States versus Cano, which said, well, in order to do this, because of the privacy interests, there has to be a reasonable suspicion that the device contains actual contraband on there, not just mere evidence of a crime, but it has to have reasonable suspicion of contraband on it. And the other one is the Fourth well, Circuit. I, I, I must say that, that uh, the, the First Circuit's response to that I found very, totally persuasive. Judge Lynch, not surprisingly, dealt explicitly with that. Or was it, or was it Judge, uh, was it the Eleventh Circuit? Uh, are you speaking Judge of United States? Judge Breyer. You, th you, think, you, think, uh, you think both of those, you, you think Al-Assad and what's the, what's the 11th? Um, There's Toussaint and Vergara in the 11th also, Your Honor. Pardon? There's United States versus Toussaint and... Yeah. Toussaint. You think they're wrong? I think Toussaint was wrong, Your they're, Honor. And they're different than the 9th and the 4th. And they are different than the 9th. You don't want to talk about the... I will talk split. about... 
two set, Your Honor. The All right. Now, do you, so you are saying, you're saying the 2018 policy amendment, revised policy, is unconstitutional, as well as, I know you're challenging 2017, which probably applied here. Yes, Your Honor. You're saying both. Yes. I believe when you are talking about digital devices that the privacy is so great in, that Customs and Border Patrol can only act with how they are with the powers that are given in them by statute, and they're not given the power to do these forensic searches. The reason that the eleven how do you define contraband then? Well, there has to be knowledge that there's contraband. If you well, go wait, back, wait, wait, yeah, well, has to be acknowledged as contraband. How do you define contraband? Contraband is, car is carrying trade secrets to, to China contraband or not? If they're stolen, Your Honor, answer the question. There has to be knowledge that there is contraband on it, and you can't say because contraband That's was found. That's what they were on, looking for. They were not looking for. They didn't know what they were looking for. There was no evidence of what was going to be on there. They didn't know if it was going to be a confidential. In St. Louis, I'm talking about you. You're saying what they did in St. Louis was unconstitutional. But what they were doing in St. Louis was an extension of what Customs and Border Patrol did because the government's position is, is that FBI St. Louis was acting as an agent of Customs and Border Patrol on subject matter expertise. But when they seized these items, there was no knowledge about what was going to be found on them. There was no evidence. No, no as, knowledge? No, because the evidence suggests... No knowledge? There was no they knowledge. They had the collective knowledge of... But even with the collective knowledge, there was nothing suggesting that a trade secret was downloaded. There was nothing suggesting that a trade secret was going to be on he those devices. He was racing out of the country. He was, had a one-way ticket to visit his parents in China. He was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I have to laugh at your description of reality or unreality. The fact that he was going out of the country still does not suggest that there was going to be contraband on this genre. And it does. To me, well, when you do it would the, to me. When you do the balancing test suggested by Riley, there has to be a prevalent government interest, and digital technology is not Riley a prevalent one. Oh, I know. Okay, Riley. Well, Riley doesn't apply here. Riley applies to the understanding that the, there's so much privacy on it that there's a heightened standard that has to be thought of when Riley you're doing these. Riley didn't consider the border balancing. And that's why Cano did, and so did, and I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize, Age began from the Fourth Circuit, where they said there has to be either a nexus to a border Supreme purpose. Court's gonna, Supreme Court's got a conflict in how you what how you extend Riley to the border context. And, and I urge this court to you, to take Riley and say because of the immense privacy interests, you have to balance it against these government interests to categorically exempt forensic search. And the reason Tussauds or Tusset was wrong, Your Honor is because it likened a flash drive to a gas tank in a car in Florida's so, Montana. Since Riley, has there been a, a decision by a circuit court that has done what you're asking us to do? No, there hasn't. What the courts have done is by balancing the privacy, they've come, one of three things has to be met. It's either it has to be a traditional border search, which this wasn't, because when you go back to the first Congress, traditional border searches are done on physical goods, wares, and merchandise, and not private papers. So we know that the contents of a digital device, whether it's a laptop or a hard drive or a cell phone, is much more than just a single private paper that the first Congress said shouldn't apply to traditional border searches. So then Cano says, okay, 
if you do this balancing test, there has to be reasonable suspicion that there is contraband on these specific devices that are being searched. Here, there was none. They had a, what CANO stands for is Customs and Border Patrol doesn't have the duty of general criminal investigation. They have to do specifically to protect the border, and they can't just be looking for evidence of a crime. It has to be contraband. And whether Monsanto or the FBI or Customs and Border Patrol might have been suspicious of Dr. Zhang at that time, there's nothing in the record at the district court level or here saying they knew a trade secret, which is what is required for this to affect the border, to be economic espionage. There has to be a trade secret. There's nothing suggesting that that was ever downloaded in Montana by Dr. Zhang or put on any of the devices. And then the third one is there has to be a nexus to recognize border purpose. And we can't give Customs and Border Patrol carte blanche, unfettered discretion to search everything because they work under the purview of the statute which created them. And that statute, 19 U.S.C., I believe 1595, gives them the power to ask for search warrants. And if they have unfettered power to search whatever they want just because they're at the border, they wouldn't need that power given them specifically by Congress. So they can only act within that, Your Honors. Now, your client chose to get on the plane, right? After they seized the devices, yes. And if he had said... Um you can't have my devices and you need a warrant. And they had said, fine, um, you can go, but we're detaining your devices until we get a warrant. You can stay for that process. And he had said, you can't do that and got on the plane. And now what? This, this is very common of airport searches. Airport search law when I was a, a new judge some years ago. I agree that it's common to seize the physical goods, like the laptop itself or the car drive physical goods, sure. But they had to get a warrant. That's why... Okay, but, the, you know, we had cases. A dog sniffs a bag at the, at the, at the uh, departure area, and they, they say, and he says, that's my bag, and I'm late for my plane, and I'm getting on my plane, and the officers would say, airport officers would say, you can get on the plane, but your bag is staying. And you'd say, well, you got to get a warrant. Okay, but but your bag is staying while we get a warrant. You can get on the plane or not. Some, some, some people got on the plane, some didn't. But those who got on the plane had no claim. But that didn't happen here. They took us, they didn't say that, they didn't ask if Nobody got warrant. on the plane. He got on the plane. And he didn't insist that they, he didn't stand there and insist they had to have a warrant. That right? that he didn't, but that doesn't take away the privacy issue here that has to be weighed against what they did. This is, uh, searching a laptop or a hard drive is much different than searching a bag. A bag, you're going to just, whatever's in there is but in but there. They, all, all, all your, now we're just arguing about whether they could detain the device while they got a warrant or whether they could do a preliminary search and then get a warrant. Either way, he didn't question what they were doing. He got on the plane. I, I see no. You, you don't. You don't. You don't pass the Olano hurdles with that. Doctor Jenks ignorance of what he's allowed to do or not allowed to do under the Constitution doesn't take away the government's need to work within the purview of what they're allowed to do and what the Fourth Amendment allows them to okay, do. Okay, that's a good law review article. But but it doesn't. Is in this plain error review? This is de novo. <laughs> if it's right with the honors, uh, I'm wrong. What, now what what case says that? 
I don't know, Your Honor, off the top of my head. Well, so you just gave the answer that's the only I, good I, answer for you. I, I, I thought you were talking about the this case in general. Well, no, I'm talking about this appeal. I don't have the case name on me, but I, I, I believe it was a de novo review on the appeal for the district court's denial of the motion to suppress. Oh, yeah. If, but if, but if, if an issue is not preserved, it's plain error review. We preserved the issue by filing a motion to suppress, saying that it was, the warrantless search was unconstitutional. But if he didn't object, it, if he just got on the plane, he didn't preserve the issue. It's not his duty to object if the government is doing something unconstitutional. Uh, well, they don't do anything unconstitutional until after he's on the plane. Unless you're saying they couldn't even detain the device to get a search warrant. He didn't abandon interest or possessory interest in his device. He did. He, he got on the plane. But he didn't abandon the interest, his he, interest to it. He abandoned the interest in, in making him go get a warrant. Dr. Zhang respectfully disagrees with that, Your Honor. Um, and if it's okay, I'm going to reserve the rest of my time for rebuttal. Thank you, Mr. Glasman. Mr. Smith. Thank you, Chief Judge Smith, and may it please the court. Jeffrey Smith for the United States. Um, the defendant was convicted on his own guilty plea of conspiring to engage in economic espionage for the benefit of the People's Republic of China in violation of the Economic Espionage Act. He, as the district court um, noted, this is a serious national security crime. The plot was interrupted, at least in part, because um, customs officials had at their disposal a tool that they decided to use, that is the border search doctrine, a tool that has deep roots in Supreme Court case law going back to the founding um, and that has roots in this court's uh, case law as well. Under the border search doctrine, as this court has recognized and as the Supreme Court has recognized, all persons and goods entering and exiting the United States are subject to search. Um, and um, the and most the vast majority of border has search it, has it is has there been any appellate authority to the effect that that extends to electronic searches of devices? Well, yeah, not in this circuit, Your Honor. Um, but there's a wealth of case law from this court's sister circuits, uh, specifically addressing electronic devices, and no court has. Um, no circuit court, certainly, has, and I, I'm not even aware of any district court, that has um, suggested that there's a carve-out from the broad um, authority to search all items coming into and, and out of the, uh, could, the country could, um, for could digital. Be, um, uh, and could there be an implication from Riley, though, that that should be? Uh, a consideration? The Riley argument that the defendant raises here has been raised in numerous cases and it's been rejected repeatedly, um, including, as Judge Loken, I believe, noted in Al-Assad, um, but also in Kulsu's, um, uh Wanjiko in the Seventh Circuit. Kulsu's was in the Fourth Circuit. Um, and even the cases that he cites, such as Cano, rejected the idea that Riley takes electronic data outside of the border search. Um, and there's good reason for that. Riley dealt with the search incident to arrest. And the search incident to arrest serves two particular um, governmental interests, and those two interests only. How is this search for of this device 
different than anybody else leaving the country with a phone. Was was this something routinely done with with uh, phones and tablets and laptops leaving the um, country, or, or was was he singled out for this? Particular he was singled story? out. He was singled out because the the. Uh, because the customs agents, based on information they received from the FBI, reasonably suspected that he was, in fact, carrying stolen trade secrets. Um, and they conducted a full search. They conducted, they searched his, uh, his check luggage. They searched his carry-on luggage. They interviewed him. And uh, the search of the luggage found six electronic devices. Um, and they then took those, as, as my colleague says, for an extension of the search to St. Louis, where the, the agent had subject matter expertise um, and the ability to conduct a further search. So it is not a search that is conducted of everyone, if that, if that answers your question. It was done in this case because um, the government had reasonable suspicion. Um, now, there was discussion earlier about the circuit split between the 11th Circuit and the 9th Circuit, the 4th Circuit, the 1st Circuit, etc. And the district court, of course, described the case law in all of these circuits, uh, the magistrate's opinion that was adopted by the district court judge. And I'm happy to discuss that if, that's, if the panel is interested. But I want to note that none of the, that this circuit split is not implicated in this case. None of the cases in any circuit would result in the defendant prevailing here. Even in Canoe, which we submit is, is clearly wrongly decided for the reasons described in our brief, and as Judge Loken uh, noted, um, as explained in Al-Assad uh, very persuasively. But even under that standard, the government prevails here because Cano held that the government can conduct a forensic search of, a, of an electronic device if it has reasonable suspicion that the device contains contraband. And I believe my colleague um, did not at all disagree that stolen material is contraband. Stolen trade secrets here were, the, were contraband. Um, and the government had reasonable suspicion to believe that uh, Dr. Zhang was, in fact, carrying these items, these, this contraband, out of the country. Uh, there's there's a, some discussion of the 2018 policy revision do you agree that the, that it was an advanced search at the airport? Yes. So the, the search in this case occurred before the 2018 policy was put in place. Um, but we would classify this search, the, the complete search, um, as an advanced search under the new policy. Um, the, the, the term advanced search was implemented uh, in recognition of the Ninth Circuit's holding, that distinguishing between what they call forensic searches and non-forensic searches, but also recognizing that there's no agreed-upon um, definition of a forensic search. Um, and in fact, in Cano itself, there was a dispute over whether, whether part of the search was forensic or not, and the, the court did not um, reach that dispute. The government has used, has thus um, decided to use a different, its own term, advanced search, and then to define that with specificity. And this search uh, would be an advanced search. I, I would note it's, it's a much less intrusive search than the search that the Ninth Circuit approved in Cotterman, um, which, involved, which they described as the, as the forensic search, uh, strip search that involved um, breaking passwords and, and 
looking in, in restoring deleted files and the like. This is basically a, what the, the record describes as a cursory keyword search, um, looking through the documents that were on an on a uh, SD card, uh, essentially a memory card that can hold potentially hundreds of thousands of documents, um, looking for particular words that related to Monsanto, like trade secret just, or confidential. Then we, then we go to St. Louis. Yes. And we, we bring in the, uh, the agent who's, who's uh, dealt with Monsanto, and he gets a warrant. And then, he, and then he takes some of the printouts to Monsanto, as I understand it, and they say, yeah, those are trade secrets. The, um, was the motion to suppress focused on the um, what was found in the warrant, the result of the warrant? So, yeah, I want, to, I want to be clear that I answered your earlier question correctly, that I understood it. And no, I... I, I, I yeah. When, you, when I say the that, answer I thought was correct. When I say there was an advanced search, I'm including I'm, I'm the I'm worried about the warrant search and what relevance it has to the suppression issues. Okay. I found that very blurred in the briefing. Okay. Um, okay, I think I can clarify that. There, a portion of the border search was done in St. Louis, and that is what we consider to be the advanced search. That was the screen, the, yeah. um, the mirroring and the keyword searches, and the... And then the agent took the six is, documents that he is found. That, is that relevant to the suppression motion only be, only as as the, everything else was fruit, or was there something was there evidence resulting from the St. Louis preliminaries advance search? Um, well, w there was no trial, so the, the, what was at, you know introduced no, at trial? Suppression motion. There's a record. I'm yes, about sir. A record so, suppression motion. Uh, what I meant to. To suggest is that there was no distinction at, as whether the government was going to introduce the documents that it found in the in the initial search or in the warrant no, no, search. No, no, but no, no. the warrant, I, I might not the, the what was the focus of the motion to suppress? The focus, focus of the motion was, is the focus the of the motion was it basically a, a fruits? Yeah. Everything is fruits of a preliminary yes. search, regardless of what they found on the search. Yes, there. I believe. So, so I understand the argument. evidence would have come. From the results of the warrant search, yeah, yes, sir. The evidence would primarily have come from the results of the warrant search. The defendant is arguing that that was the fruit of the border search. Um, we don't disagree that it was the fruit of the border search, but we disagree that with their contention that the border search was unlawful. Um, I do want to just quickly get to the reasonable suspicion point. Although we don't concede that it was necessary, it was clearly present here. Um, and I, I would, you know, note in, in Oyekin, this court allowed an extremely intrusive search, a strip search and a, a non-consensual x-ray. Um, and it did so, it noted first that, that the government had reasonable suspicion that the two travelers were carrying narcotics. Uh, based on a number of factors. It first, the government searched their their uh, bags and didn't find the narcotics. That then allowed them reasonable suspicion to, to look at the next most likely place, which was on their body, and that, was, that led to the strip search. And when they didn't find them there, that led to reasonable suspicion to go to the final step, which was the, the x-ray, which is what found um, the drugs. Here, the government had 
ample reason to suspect that the defendant had stolen trade secrets um, from Monsanto and had done so in electronic form. Um, he, ha he had made Google searches such as company information to the third party as evidence to accuse me. I don't want it to be an evidence that clearly showed uh, that he was he had a plan to take to take information um, from a company and give it to a third party and that he was fearing litigation. Um, he sent uh, confidential company information to a personal email account. He sent packets of information to a Chinese competitor. He claimed that he was moving to a job in Illinois but booked a one-way ticket to China. He appeared visually nervous and blatantly deceptive when confronted with the Google, Google searches and again when asked to sign a document saying that he wasn't taking confidential information. Um, the, the agents were aware that the People's Republic of China to where the defendant was traveling, had a practice of recruiting scientists and providing uh, financial incentives to bring stolen trade secrets. The defendant had previously misrepresented himself uh, as a student when he wasn't in order to acquire information from a different company. Um, and of course, the reasonable suspicion standard is not a high standard. It deals in probabilities, not, not, certainty, not hard certainties. Am I wrong that the defendant is arguing, in addition to this issue, is arguing that Reasonable suspicion isn't good enough. Riley requires a warrant no matter how much suspicion you have. He is arguing that. And as I, has any circuit court gone there? No. Um, as the most recently, I think the, uh, the Seventh Circuit in Skaggs noted, no court has required uh, more than reasonable suspicion for any border search, including uh, a search of an electronic device, and Skaggs was a, a, an electronic device case. Um, and as the, the you know as the lower court noted, this has this issue has been raised in numerous circuits: the first circuit, the fourth circuit, the eleventh circuit, uh, the the ninth circuit. Um, I'm not sure if the lower court discussed this, the tenth circuit and the fifth circuit, but there, we have you know cases from all of these circuits. No court has ever required more than reasonable suspicion for any border search, including um, a search for uh, a search of an electronic device. Um, and I would just, uh, if I could quickly make two more points. One, the defendant argues uh, that maybe what, he was, what the defendant was stealing was confidential information that wasn't a trade secret. Um, that seems rather unlikely. The difference between confidential information and that isn't a trade secret and confidential information that is a trade secret is that the latter derives independent economic value from not being widely known. Um, and it, it's far more likely that somebody, you know, uh, crafting this careful scheme would be taking something of value rather than something that had no value. But in any event, reasonable suspicion doesn't require that the government negate all innocent possibilities. And this isn't even an innocent possibility. It's just a, a different kind of, kind of misconduct. Um, uh, and so, you know, here the, we think the reasonable standard is easily, reasonable standards, suspicion standard is easily uh, met, uh, assuming it's required. And, and this court doesn't need to necessarily decide that, just as the lower court um, didn't. Uh, the last just uh, minor point I would raise is we did not cite in our brief 19 CFR section 122.2. Um, we noted in our brief uh, that, or anyway, th that statute, that provision, which is explicitly authorized by uh, a couple provisions in the U.S. Code, 19 U.S.C. 1644 and 1644A, extends to airplanes the same authorities that 
uh, government has with regard to ships, and that's just in response to uh, a statement in, in the reply brief suggesting that the government's uh, authority with regard to people leaving on airplanes is different than people leaving on ships. It's not. Um, I would note uh, this case, this court's two border search cases, Udafot and Oyekin, are both airplane cases. Um, and um, the court found that a search at the airport of an international traveler, either coming in or going uh, out, falls within the border search authority. Um, so if there are no further questions, I would ask that the court um, affirm the lower court. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Smith. <coughs> Mr. Glasman. Your Honors, I want to clarify the basis for the motion to suppress because it seemed from the government there was a little confusion about it. What happened was these devices were seized at O'Hare. These devices were sent on June 10th, 2017. They were sent to St. Louis FBI who got them on June 13th, 2017. They were then imaged, forensically imaged, and searched without a warrant. During that forensic search and imaging is where they found six documents, one of which Monsanto later went to say was a trade secret. That information was then used to get a warrant over a month later to search the devices. So the fruit was actually in the warrantless search that was the extension of the border so, search. So there was no search in St. Louis? The, search, the forensic imaging was done in St. Louis because their government's claiming that they were, the FBI there was acting as a subject matter expert for CBP. Who you seized just said, no, they just got it in St. Louis and shipped it to... Oh, all right, the, there was no search at the airport. No, there was just a seizure at the airport, and then without looking what's on there, without knowing that they needed subject matter expertise, because the government can't point anywhere on the record that they knew there was going to be something that needed a translator for Mandarin or Cantonese, something that said we know or reasonably suspect is a trade secret. You know, they pointed all these things that caused them reason, what they call reasonable suspicion, but none of it says it's a trade secret, and we can't just guess, well, it's likely it's a trade secret, because there's an economic value, so we get to search these devices that have all this privacy on it. They don't know. It was guessing, and it wasn't any kind of reasonable suspicion. And the forensic search was done for Customs and Border Patrol by the FBI. And I think it's important to look at how it was done, because FBI was investigating Dr. Zhang, didn't have probable cause to do anything, asked CBP to set an alert for him and seize his items. They then seize it. And instead of giving it to FBI Chicago, who's closer, they send it back to the exact agent who initiated this. This was sidestepping the Fourth Amendment, which was, goes towards the reason, unreasonableness of what happened here. It, we're not saying every digital device search at the border needs a warrant. What we're saying is if it's not a traditional border search like here, if there's no reasonable suspicion that there's actual contraband on the devices being searched, if there's no nexus, no known nexus to a border purpose, and being an instrumentality that could carry evidence, like the Fourth Circuit says, isn't enough. When those three things aren't met, then they do what traditional law enforcement investigators do at a time like that, and they try to get a warrant. And that's what we're asking this court to do, and to reverse the district court's decision denying the motion to suppress. Thank you, Mr. Glossman. Thank you also, Mr. Smith. The court appreciates the appearance of counsel before us this morning in this argument. We appreciate uh, your help to the court in trying to resolve the issues here. We'll continue to study the materials and render a decision. Thank you. Consider the case of